Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the new and improved Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. That's right, we are back. My name is Sakun Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield. We got a lot to talk to you about this week. We had a great set of wild card games last weekend, and they were not predictable at all. The Titans beat the Chiefs, the Falcons beat the Rams, Jaguars beating the Bills, and the Saints beating the Panthers. Not exactly what we expected. So, Ryan, before we move on to talking about the wild card games and divisional playoffs, have you seen all this video on social media about the Bills uh, mafia kind of going around breaking tables? Have you seen all that? Yeah, I mean, these idiots have been doing that for uh, for years now. And uh, you, you weren't you weren't overly impressed because I, I saw some really creative ways in which they like <laughs> like jumping off of porta potties and doing all that stuff, all, all, all that sort of stuff. I have to say that's the one reason why I would have liked the Bills to stay in this is to see more of that footage. That was uh, that was very entertaining. No, nothing nothing but hate for me to the Bills mafia. Um, <laughs> yeah, bunch of losers. Okay, all right. Well, so I can say that at least uh, people on Twitter seem to enjoy it, but it's gone. Bill's lost. It's over. Time to get to the news. All right, so just as I mentioned, we uh, we had the wild card games, and they didn't turn out exactly how we all thought they would. But uh, tell me, Ryan, what do you think uh, was the game that most surprised you? Um, you know, it's going to be in the, it, it's not surprising, uh, where we are or, or the game itself wasn't very surprising because I picked it right. Um, but I think, I just think it's surprising in general where Atlanta is right now. Um, mm-hmm. we haven't seen, uh, a team go back to the Super Bowl after losing it since, uh, those losers up in uh, upstate New York, uh, in the early nineties. <laughs> and, uh, I gotta tell you, it feels like a team of destiny, like it's lining up for them and we could be in, uh, you know, uh, in, in uh, store here for, for a rematch between the two uh, between the Pats and the yeah. Falcons this year because they're going to Philly with Nick Foles there. Um, you know they they took care of uh, you know the Rams pretty so, uh, you know pretty soundly last week and made them look young, which I thought they would. And um, right, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable because I really thought that that Super Bowl uh, loss would be the end of that team. Yeah, you know it, it's interesting because they really did, did have a little bit of a spark this last weekend more so than I saw I've seen from them more balance on offense. Uh, more solid on defense and I've seen them in the regular season and more than I expected. And the Rams really just didn't look that good. And you're right. I think that they were young. Uh, you know, I kind of overestimated them, thought they would make it past the wild card game. Didn't happen. But you know what? The good news is that there are many years left for the Rams to make it there. Both Jared Goff, Chad Gurley, looking good and Sean McVay, obviously not going anywhere. So let me tell you the the one wild card game that kind of got me was the Titans beating the Chiefs. Uh, I was really surprised there because of the fact that the Chiefs looked like they had gotten their juju back. They looked like they were really going, really clicking on offense. But uh, in that first half of the game, they were up 21-3, to and the Titans managed to come back from that 18-point deficit to score 22 straight points and end up beating the Chiefs 22-21. to and, and really, Alex Smith was a tale of two halves. He was awesome in the first half, and then he went into the shell in the second half. And now there's all this talk about Patrick Mahomes taking over for him next year and them trading away Alex Smith. Uh, and what was most troubling for me was that Kareem Hunt hardly got any carries in the second half. They acted like they were playing from behind 
when they weren't. They were actually playing from ahead until the very end of the fourth quarter. So, boy, that was uh, that was really crazy. I, d- I didn't expect that to happen. Although I ha- I can't say that one reason why it might have happened was Travis Kelsey uh, getting injured, getting that concussion in the second quarter. Uh, after that, that offense felt very different to me, and and it really showed in the second half. You know, any any thoughts on that uh, Titans Chiefs game? Yeah, I'll say a couple things. First of all, the only thing that 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 changed because Travis Kelsey went out was that we didn't see him melt down on the field like Marcus Peters did predictably as they were <laughs> choking away another game. Because that team, what a bunch of losers! I think I said this uh, two years ago to you um, when we first started this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of backed down, and I can't, kind of even bought into them after they beat the Patriots on opening night. I want on the record that that you and no one's allowed to talk to me about Kansas City ever again, ever again. <laughs> They're a bunch of bums. They, they, they wow. can't win. They're a bunch of losers. They melt down. They got a kid who's an elite talent that throws flags into the into the stands. They got the the ultimate knucklehead in Travis Kelsey. They have an overrated quarterback. They have a they have an overrated coach. Who, who still has never won? won talk about a guy who's, who, who carries around the cachet and the respect of as if he's ever won a damn thing in his life, which he hasn't. He, he's choked. He choked away two huge playoff games now in Kansas City. I saw a stat the other day that only twice, or there are only four times in the Super Bowl era, or, or, or in the last thirty years, or some some crazy amount of time. I think it was either thirty years or, or the whole Super Bowl era. Only four times has a team in the playoff choked away uh, an 18 or, or larger point lead. Two of those yeah. times are Andy Reid. We saw one last year with Atlanta, and I think the other one was the, the Oilers and the Buffalo Bills back in the day. Andy Reid owns <laughs> 50% of those games. That is, yeah, he well. sucks. He's he, <laughs> horrible clock, clock management. And the touch on it, too, with the, uh, the Kareem Hunt thing. Um, yeah, I, I had, you know, you have that kind of lead. Your best offensive weapon goes out, and you don't just feed this kid the ball and run the clock and get out of there. Um, yeah. God, I got to tell you, if that, if, if uh, you know, seeing an offensive coordinator call a game plan on the second half like that, I'd hate for him to end up being my head coach next year. Well, you know, the funny thing is that Matt Nagy did actually take the blame for the offensive failures in the second half. Uh, doesn't make me feel great, <laughs> as you just alluded to, seeing as how he's uh, the Bears' you. new head coach. But uh, what do you think? You think it really was on Nagy, or do you think this was an Andy Reid thing? I mean, it's it's both. I mean, obviously the coach has the final say. So I, I blamed as much as I wanted to take a shot at you there. I blame Quinn more than I blame <laughs> Shanahan last year in the Super Bowl. So I can't I can't right. flip flop here. Uh, but it's All still right. not a good look. The optics the optics of an aren't good to to go hire a guy who just uh, choked his way out of a out of a out of a playoff game. So I agree. Um, I agree but, with that. Yeah, I, I put more of it on Andy Reid, and he's got a longer history of doing this. So. Yeah, all I can say is that the Bears are going to give me a serious ulcer by the time we get to the next season because they're just doing all this stuff that uh, doesn't make me feel comfortable. All right, so that's all we got on the – I mean, we got lots to talk about as far as the divisional playoffs. So let's go ahead and ring the bell and move it along and talk about the divisional playoff games. we got a lot to talk about here. We're going to be starting with the Atlanta Falcons at the Philadelphia Eagles on Saturday at 435 p.m. Eastern. This is a very interesting matchup, and quite frankly, this is the first time ever that a one seed is going to start the playoffs as an underdog in an NFL playoff game. That's right. The Eagles are coming in as two-and-a-half-point dogs to the Falcons. First time ever. So what do you think about this? What are the keys of the game to the Falcons, and what are the keys of the game for the Eagles? So, um, you know, I think – there's there's a couple of them. I I think I you know I watched that game last week against the Rams. Uh, my big takeaway was 
that this the Falcons this Falcons offense, well, uh, Matt Ryan's limiting the mistakes right now, and they've been playing playoff football for three or four weeks now. Um, so you know, in, in clutch moments, yet he hasn't made the mistake, which has been encouraging if you're a Falcons fan. Um, but yep. they continue to have to settle for field goals, and they're putting a lot on on Matt Ryan. And you know, yeah. I, again, I said multiple times as I'm watching that Rams game last week, and that if they can just convert one opportunity, um, you know, the Falcons are letting them hang around. Uh, so I think it's going to be similar in Philadelphia. I think the Falcons need to play mistake-free football. I think that this team quietly is being led by that defense now. That defense had a has a lot of young, great talent: Grady Jarrett, uh, Deion Jones, um, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Alford. You know, they have they have it up. Uh, Vic Beasley up and down. I mean, they they've drafted well on defense uh, the last couple of years, and they hadn't really put it together. And I really thought this was this was the year they would turn the corner. And through halfway through the season, I think it's safe to say they hadn't. Um, and now it appears they have. And when you add in Desmond Trufant, who wasn't there last year, I think that the Falcons this year, we're seeing the inverse of what we saw last year. And they're not an elite. They're not the Seahawks of 2014 or the Broncos of 2015. But um, this is a defense that is, I think, carrying the majority of the weight for that team right now because the offense is still struggling. Um, mm-hmm. They're moving the ball, but they're not, they're, not, they're not converting. And, again, I think it was four field goals for Matt Bryant last week, and he only yeah. win by yep. uh, just in the double digits. And so, you know, the Rams had their chances. So we'll see if Nick Foles can, uh, can make, uh, the opera, you know, make the plays on those chances. Um, you know, I think, I think this actually going to be a, a decently low-scoring game because I think for both teams right now, it's the, the defense is carrying them. Um, so, again, I'm going to go the same thing, and I'm going to say this throughout the postseason as long as Atlanta's alive. If for them it's about – you know, Matt Ryan not pooping down his leg and throwing uh, throwing interceptions. Um, and for, for Philadelphia, um, I think it's the opposite. Nick Foles has got to take some chances. Uh, they don't have a good yeah. enough running game. Atlanta can beat you on defense and running the ball. The Eagles can, you know, they're going to have to play good defense and they're going to have to take advantage of opportunities. So they're going to have to let Nick Foles kind of sling it a bit. Yeah, why on you and pooping down legs, man? I just I don't want to be around your place when you're watching football games. It does not sound sanitary. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, it's very, All right. it's very similar to hanging out with Peyton Manning during a postseason game. You know, <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of diarrhea coming out of that guy's backside in his career too. Oh man, oh man. All right, so. Matt Ryan, and so I'll, I'll agree with you, the fact that the Falcons' uh, offense is still struggling a bit, but what I do see is that they are doing a good job of keeping balanced. I mean, they did spread it around a lot, 19 touches for Freeman, 17 touches for Coleman, nine receptions for Jones, four receptions for Sanu. Matt Ryan, 21 of 30 for 218 and a touchdown. No INTs, very critical for the Falcons not to turn over the ball. They actually look pretty good as far as keeping some balance. They're not explosive. They're not doing a great job otherwise, and the Philly and Philly's defense is ranked fourth overall, which is actually surprising. I, I don't know if everybody realized that they are so highly ranked, but the fact of the matter is that uh, as long as they stay balanced, they can they have a shot here. And really, the big key for me is what are we going to get out of Foles? I mean, we don't don't we, we know he could be good. We know he's been bad recently. Um, we saw him uh, terrific against the bottom half. Giants pass defense, and then the next week he stunk up the place against a bottom two Raiders pass defense. I mean, literally in the bottom two of the league. And then he came back for a few series against the Cowboys and was terrible there too. And the Cowboys are also a bottom half defense. Uh, and then he was rested, quote unquote. So I, you know, I just don't know what we're going to get from him. And a lot is going to run on that. And, and all these stats about on the offense for the Eagles just go out the window. As you mentioned last week, we can't really rely on any of that stuff because it's not, Nick, it's not Carson Wentz. It's Nick Foles. Now, I think the Eagles will need to lean more heavily on Jay Ajayi if they want a shot. They need to slow the pace, increase time of possession, allow the defense to hold the Falcons. I don't think the uh, Eagles have that much firepower right now. So the current line is 
two and a half for the Falcons. The over-under is actually down to 41 and a half. It opened at 44. It's down to 41 and a half. Tell me, what do you think, Ryan? Uh, are the Falcons or the Eagles going to win this? And will the Falcons cover the spread if they win it? And how do you feel about the over-under at 41 and a half? Yeah, so I think this game is going to be a, a dog bleep game. I'll keep the, 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 the fecal matter <laughs> theme going. All right. um, I think this is the second worst game of the week. Uh, and, you know, I think the Falcons do win this, and I do think they cover. Um, but I'm expecting uh, a 17-10 type game. So, obviously, I'm, I'm pounding the under on this one. Um, I just – I think both defenses are really good. Like you said, Eagles defense is super underrated. I think the Falcons defense in the second half has been really good. Um, and I think that both offenses, one's just inept right now with a, with a booze hound and a bad offensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> and the, and the other side, it just has uh Nikki Foles throwing the ball. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I expect a really, I, I expect a similar, uh, to Jacksonville Buffalo type game, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Well, that that game was just ugly and boring. So yeah, I hope we get a little bit better than that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had the same result. Uh, I think also low-scoring game, pound the under. I also go with the Falcons to cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, I just don't know what we're going to get out of the Eagles. Maybe they'll surprise us. I just don't see it. I mean, I guess on the bright side, I have a bet on the Eagles and the Falcons winning the Super Bowl, so either one doesn't matter to me. Uh, The odds are actually the same. So, you know, go whoever at this point. All right, let's move it along and uh, move it to the next game of the weekend. That's Tennessee Titans at your New England Patriots on Saturday night at 8.15 p.m., Titans kind of surprising us, and we already talked about that, but now here they are against the Patriots in Foxborough. It's going to be a tough one. What do you think about their chances in Foxborough, and what about the Patriots? So, uh, keys to the game for this one. Uh, <laughs> similar, I forget which game I said it about last week, but I'll, I'll reiterate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, re, I'll reuse my take in this one. Uh, the Patriots have to show up and get right. off the bus. And uh, Tennessee has to have their plane tickets booked home. Uh, for, but you for said that about the Chiefs and the uh, Tennessee Titans, too. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, the Titans <laughs> really going home this time. Um, no, I just, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, I think there's some interesting storylines in this game. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Patriots with, a, with an extra week, um, hopefully that's uh, healed some of the nagging injuries. You know, the, the Achilles has been out there for Brady all year. But the one that kind of sneakily showed up, on their injury report, and I think it's already gone, but it was about two weeks ago or three weeks ago it showed up, that there's a lot of speculation around here that we think he's actually been dealing with it for a couple weeks now was the shoulder injury Um, because you've seen a lot more balls in the dirt from Brady uh, the last month or so here. Um, than he had seen in a long time. So um, for the, for the Titans, obviously they got to shut down the Pats offense and uh, on, you know, I I, got to tell you, and you probably say it, and I think this is the national narrative, that how you beat the Patriots is ball control, keep Brady off the field, and play yep. stout defense. Um, that's not it. If, if you're going to come here and run the ball and exchange Ryan's suck-up field goals and limit Brady's possessions, on his possessions he'll go get touchdowns, and this game will be over. The way you beat him is the way Baltimore used to beat us in the playoffs here, um, the way Peyton Manning did at years. You have to be aggressive. If you have a fourth and one at the New England 30 in the first quarter, you go for it every time. You cannot you cannot exchange field goals for touchdowns in the game. Um, so, so the Titans need to be aggressive. Uh, Mike Malarkey needs to not be Mike Malarkey. So if he could uh, find a sub to wear maybe like his skin, uh, like, you know, uh, like men back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And go out there and maybe maybe uh, get a you know somebody with a, a you know a you know a pair well, hanging between his legs. 
Uh, I was going to say, Malarkey is creepy uh, anyway, so it doesn't make a difference, I suppose. He is. I, I mean, imagine him <laughs> with the loose skin like the guy from Men in Black. You know, it's even worse. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm going at, you know, so that's, that's really keys to them, um, you know, keys for them. The Patriots' keys, obviously, you know, as you know, cliche is it. I mean, the Patriots play the game. They're going to be fine. As long as the Patriots um, don't make any stupid mistakes, um, you know, I have a lot of faith in them in this game. The one interesting matchup. Um, that I think something's going to be absolutely fascinating in the first quarter or in the first half yep. of this game. So Dick LeBeau for years has been torched by Brady and the Patriots because the dumbest thing you can do, the the, the worst defense you can play against Tom Brady is off off uh, off zone or off zone coverage and blitz and blitz in those packages. And that's what the Steelers mm-hmm. did for years under Dick LeBeau, um, and it's what Dick LeBeau does now in Tennessee. And that's the defense that that Brady's going to carve up. However. Uh, interesting that this year Brady actually his uh, in his career over the last 10 years I think it is his passer rating is uh, above 100 against the blitz this year it was 81 uh, he had a QBR of 81 against the blitz which I think is directly rel- uh, relative to Gronk missing a few games a lot of weapons being out but mainly not having Edelman or Welker like right. he had in the past he doesn't yep. have that sure-handed block guy over the middle so Brady actually struggles a little bit more against the pass. And the last interesting thing, I'll wrap up this take here. The Titans, or LeBeau specifically, the last time that he played the Patriots, um, the last two times, once with the Steelers and last with the Titans two years ago, he's actually reduced his blitzes and actually only blitzed Brady 11 times in that matchup in 2015 uh, when, when the Titans came to Foxborough. So, um, you know, it seems like he's finally learned, LeBeau has, but if he's looking at the – the data of what's worked against Brady this year, maybe he'll come out and try it early and then adjust on the fly. So that's just kind of a little chess match thing um, that I'm yep. looking forward to in the first half of this one. Yeah, and I, you know, I have to say I don't disagree with the fact that they that the Titans should be aggressive if they want to have a chance to beat the Patriots. But the problem is that they have to play to their strengths, and uh, their strengths, unfortunately, is on the ground and um, and basically both in both directions, on the ground in offense and on the ground in defense. They are actually the they uh, allowed the fourth least amount of yards uh, per game this season, 88.8. And um, they were able to slow down Kareem Hunt, although part of that might be the Chiefs actually slowing down Kareem Hunt by not giving him carries. But, you know, they can make they can make the uh, the Patriots one-dimensional, and that's not that much of an advantage, as you say, because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Uh, and Gronk is out there, and it sounds like Hogan's going to be back. And, you know, I, I just don't see how they're going to slow down that passing offense. Um, but you know, it, it, like I said, you got to play to your strengths. And the problem is that the Tennessee Titans are, are very turnover prone. They have the 24th uh, turnover differential at minus four. They're pretty bad about that. They can't turn over the ball against the Patriots. They will definitely make them pay for that. And uh, Mariota, I'd like to say be aggressive, but he's just not. You know, he's just not good uh, at positioning that ball outside the pocket. I, I think maybe more be more aggressive running the ball, perhaps. Maybe he can do that. But I don't know if he can do much more than that. And, of course, Derrick Henry was a breakout last week. I think they're going to have to lean on him as well. I just don't know what they can do. Now, the one thing that the Patriots have, if there's any weakness at all, and I don't really see many weaknesses here, it's their run defense, which is ranked 30th in the NFL across the regular season. Now, they've improved dramatically at the end of the season, so it's a little misleading. But, like I said, Derrick Henry was a breakout last week, and they're a big part of the, he's a big part of the Titans' offense. And so is uh, Mariota scrambling when he does scramble well. Uh, and, you know, there's a possibility that the Titans might be able to exploit that a little bit. But I guess I just having a hard time figuring out how the Titans could make can make this a competitive game. So let's just get right down to it. The current spread is 13 and a half in favor of the Patriots over under at 47 and a half. What's your prediction? So um, I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, 
I'm obviously taking the Patriots 13 and a half. I mean, if you ask me, my personal opinion, I think they cover. If I had to put money on this game, I wouldn't touch a 13-and-a-half-point spread. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, um, right. you know, I think the Titans are outmatched. I, I retweeted this out earlier, Stat, uh, and you retweeted it after. But, you know, the Titans this year ranked 30th in schedule uh, strength by the average DDOA um, yep. of their opponent, and that, and that leads them with a, a 1.2% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Um, they're <laughs> severely outmatched, and like you just said, I know a lot of people haven't been watching the Pats on the stretch because since the Steelers game, they've all been pretty unwatchable, but Malcolm Brown's become a bit of a, an absolute stud uh, and a breakout here towards the end of his uh, third season, um, and he, uh, you know, he's really helped that run defense. So I, don't, I think the Pats are going to make a concerted effort to shut down uh, Henry and keep Mariota in the pocket, and for a guy who threw more picks and touchdowns this year, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. That's a real problem, and and I'm going to go with you on that one. I will take the Patriots to win here, but I if I had to bet on it, I wouldn't. I don't like 13 and a half point spreads. You just don't know what's going to happen at the end of the game. So I would probably take the Titans with the points, although I don't feel comfortable about that. And I will also take the over on the 47 and a half. All right, let's move it right along. Ring the bell. Get to the next game. And it's the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. Steelers are getting healthier. Jaguars didn't look so great in their wild card game. Uh, what are your thoughts about the keys of the game for the Jaguars and the Steelers? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, this is this is a matchup that the Jaguars uh, won earlier this year. They had five interceptions, so I think they got to do something similar. Obviously, Ben's played better down the stretch. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not on the same boat as everybody else, and you can call it wishful thinking and me looking ahead to the AFC Championship game. Uh, but I, but I do not believe that uh, that uh, Antonio Brown's full. I mean, he had a torn cap. You just it, the way the guy plays the position. I just don't think he's going to be the same. Um, so I think you got to lean heavily on Le'Veon Bell. Um, and again, the Steelers media can tell me all they want that this man he's at full strength and he's up and running. He tore his calf like four weeks ago. I'm sorry, you just don't come back from that. Um, yeah. You know, Ray Lewis had to tackle with the other arm when he came back from that torn triceps, and we all know uh, he was using deer antlers, right? So, um, you know, Steelers <laughs> offensively, I think, are going to have some struggles in this game. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's a hard front to run at uh, yep. over there in, uh, in Jacksonville. So, um, you know, on that side, and then, you know, you mentioned they're getting healthier, um, but, I, you know, like I said, I'm skeptical of the Antonio Brown uh, health, but also, um, and I haven't seen an update on it since, like, 4 o'clock, but I know Artie Burns left practice yes. today um, yep. with, a, with, a, with a knee injury, but they've already sworn it's not a non-contact knee injury, but there's no ligament right. damage. I mean, that's yeah. a hell of a way to get a bone bruise on your knee. So, I mean, to me, that yeah. says it has to be a ligament damage because there's no yeah. muscle in the knee. And you can't you can't hurt your bone on a non contact. Right. So yeah, that'd be tough. Fitchy there, but um, yeah. so anyways, uh, well, it's interesting to see with the Artie Burns things, especially because you know I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans talk about Joe Hayden, but you know he this is not Joe Hayden of four years ago. So you can't yeah. lean on him to be the number one guy. So unfortunately, it just seems like the Steelers always fall apart injury wise at the end of the year. I mean, not unfortunate for me because I hate him, but uh, for people <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Um, so right. that's on that side. On Jacksonville side, I mean. They're gonna that defense. I don't think so. Again, I don't think this is a twenty. I twenty fourteen or but I'm more meant the twenty thirteen Seahawks, uh, the twenty fifteen uh, Denver Broncos. Like I just don't think this defense is that good. I think they could be in a year or two. I don't think they're there right. yet, um, and I think they're gonna have to be because I think you're gonna have to win games like you did last week, ten to three, um, because Blake sucks. He just does. Yeah. And without uh, without you know. A couple years ago, you looked at Allen Robinson and, and and Allen Hearns and said, "Oh, they got some they got some talent there at receiver." But now you got 
D.D. Westbrook, who's a nice player, but he's not anything yet. And, and Marquise Lee, who's a constant disappointment, if you ask me. I think talent-wise, he's dead it, but he's constantly a disappointment. Julius Thomas proves that he was only good one year because of Peyton Manning and that he actually just really sucks. Um, and Fournette, I do actually – Fournette's grown on me a lot for this year. You know my opinions on him in the preseason. But anyways, yeah. um, so I think, I think Jacksonville needs to play mistake-free. Um, and Pittsburgh, I don't know. Uh, this seems like a really bad matchup for Pittsburgh in my mind right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I kind of had a similar feel, but the fact of the matter is that, as you hit the nail on the head, Bortles is terrible. He didn't throw any INTs in the wildcard game, but he almost went way too conservative. And I don't know if that was play calling. I don't know if it was him. I mean, you, they're not going to win a game with Bortles being their leading rusher. I mean, they need to lean on Fournette, and Fournette is their guy, but he was anemic against the Buffalo defense. 57 rush yards on 21 carries. That is terrible. You I mean, you're not taking any pressure off of Bortles. And, you know, that puts Bortles in, in, in second and long situations, and you just want you don't want Bortles in any long situations. That's just not going to be good against the Steelers. And, their, uh, and, and, you know, their Steelers don't have the best pass defense. They're ranked 18th in the NFL. But, you know, Bortles is just not a good – he doesn't make good decisions. And you need to take that pressure off from Fournette needs to step up. And the problem is you look at the other side, and you're right, Steelers aren't 100%. Antonio Brown probably not nearly uh, 80%, probably not even 70%. And um, Burns' the situation is going to be something to keep an eye on. I think he's probably it's pretty clear he's not going to play. But guess what? The Jags, they have the number one defense in the NFL, but they're only ranked 26 against the run and 15th against running back receptions. So I see a big day for Le'Veon Bell. I see a lot of short passes. I see a lot of backfield work. I see Le'Veon Bell just getting rid, ridden down. And I see the Jaguars being unable to move the ball on offense. And, and I, just, I, I think the Steelers are going to have just – you know, going to have their way with the run game there. But let's uh, let's get to the uh, prediction here. Right now, the current line is 7.5 for the Steelers, and the current over-under is 41. What is your prediction? I'm taking the under, and I'm taking um, the upset here. I'm taking Jacksonville on a last-second field goal. Wow. Okay. Well, I am taking the Steelers, and I am taking them to cover the spread, and I am also taking the under on this. So let's go ahead and ring the bell. It's our last game of the day, and we only have a couple minutes left. So New Orleans Saints at Minnesota Vikings on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time. Arguably, the Saints and Panthers game was the most entertaining of the weekend. What do you think about the Saints-Vikings matchup coming up in the divisional playoffs? Yeah, I just I think Minnesota's too good. I think they're too good at home. Um, I think that that place is going to be uh, rocking. They finally have a good enough defense. I think the Saints defense has been oversold all year. Um, and I think I think really the key to this game, if the Saints uh, are going to make a game of it or have a chance to win on the road here in a tough environment, um, that pass rush from Minnesota is no joke with Kendricks and Emerson Griffin. Um, you know, they're going to – they're really going to have to get uh, Ingram and Alvin Kamara out quick. Um, similar to that, uh, you know, 2014 Patriots uh, game plan where they just used – um, Shane Vereen all over the Seahawks because there was no time back there. It's going to be two-step, three-step drops, get the ball of space in those guys and let them try to beat the linebackers. Right. Yep. So it's going to be really interesting to me because we all talked about how great of a run- running team the Saints were last weekend. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, first duo in NFL history to each surpass 1,500 yards from scrimmage. But they essentially did nothing last week. I mean, it was it was completely Breeze uh, and, and Thomas and Jin that took over. Uh, that just to me, shows me that they are dangerous on multiple levels. But I just don't see them actually winning if it's going to be only Breeze and the passing game. I think that's going to be a problem. They really need to get uh, both Kamara and Ingram going. And unfortunately for them, the uh, 
the Vikings are the number two defense in the NFL, and they're really good against running backs, fifth against the run, and first against running back receptions. So that will be an issue for them. On the other side, Case Keenum, you know, is he really that good? I don't know. It sure looks that way from the regular season. Uh, in fact, they have the third best passing offense in the NFL this season on, season on the back of Case Keenum. But the Saints do have a solid pass defense. They're ranked fifth this year. Won't be easy. Saints, however, only 23rd against the run. I think that that means Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon may get some reps. This game, this is going to be interesting. So right now, prediction time. Current line is four points for the Vikings. And uh, the over-under is sitting at 46. What is your prediction? Uh, again, I'm going boring. I'm going under. I think there's going to be a lot of good uh, defensive football this weekend. Um, I'm taking the Vikings in this one by uh, by a touchdown, so I think they're going to cover. I think we're in store for it's going to feel like a lot like 1999 when Atlanta's traveling to back to the to the the great Twin Cities there for for uh, NFC Championship on a week from Sunday. Yeah, well that that'd be. That would be really interesting. I, I am actually going to go with the Saints. I actually do have some confidence in them. Uh, I think they will uh, win this game. And I will actually go with the under as well. I do see a low-scoring game, and I think it will be very, very close. All right, that's all we got for today because we are out of time. Ring the doorbell on this. Blow the air horns. Give us your Instagram and Twitter so people can follow you. Yeah, uh, so it looks like we are uh, only two the same this week and two different. And given the way I kicked your uh, your ass all year in the, in the Pick'em <laughs> League, I think they should listen to me. Um, but you can follow right. me on Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time, and on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, and check out my boys, DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. And follow me at FB Garbage Time. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week, enjoy the divisional playoffs, and we'll be back for the conference championship. <laughs> Enjoy your nagging higher. <laughs> you know I won't. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.